0: Hi, this is Dr. Mini Malhotra and welcome to The Better Prescription. As a physician, I have always wanted to help people understand that there is a better way of taking care of their health away from prescriptions and procedures. And this podcast is a tool that will help and guide you to a natural root cause approach which can not only prevent disease but also reverse them if not too advanced. This podcast is not a replacement for medical advice. If you're looking for medical advice, seek a licensed medical practitioner. If you're looking for a functional medicine practitioner, you can go to the IFM or A4M website and look for a functional medicine practitioner close to you. If you want to work with us, you can go to our website, anchorwellnesscenter.com and book a strategy session. Today, I'm going to talk to you about exercise and longevity. So, everybody wants to live long, but how you live long actually matters. And we all age, okay? So, aging is natural and it's a complex physiological process that is influenced by many factors, some of which are modifiable. And as the number of older individuals continues to grow, it is important to develop certain interventions that can be easily implemented and contribute to successful aging. In addition, To a healthy diet and psychological well-being, the benefits of regular exercise on mortality and prevention and control of chronic disease affecting both life expectancy and quality of life are well established. And in this episode I will summarize some of the benefits of regular exercise on longevity and also present the current knowledge regarding potential mechanisms and outline the main recommendations. Exercise can partially reverse the effects of aging on physiological functions and preserve functional reserve in the elderly. There are so many studies that have shown maintaining a minimum quantity and quality of exercise decreases the risk of death and prevents development of certain cancers, lowers the risk of osteoporosis, and increases longevity. Training programs should include exercises aimed at improving cardiorespiratory fitness and muscle function as well as flexibility and balance. Though the benefits of physical activity appear to be directly linked to the notion of training volume and intensity, further research is required in the elderly in order to develop more precise recommendation, bearing in mind that the main aim is to foster long-term adherence to physical activity in this growing population. So what happens as you age? The physiological rhythms change. So organization of rhythmic physiological process is altered by aging. Age impacts the circadian rhythm of body temperature, plasma cortisol and sleep and can cause desynchronization or internal phase drift. And Phase advances can lead to occurrence of some rhythmic function. Example, 24-hour body temperature trough and sleep onset 1 to 2 hours earlier in older adult as well as decreases the magnitude of the oscillations, okay? In addition, the age may also delay the ability to reset physiological rhythms to a new photo period. So, for example, if you have jet lagged, it will take you longer and longer as you age to recover, It also depends on the pulsatile secretions of gonadotrophins, growth hormone, thyrotrophin, melatonin and ACTH that increases with age and the diurnal or the day and night rhythmicity of cortisol is preserved in older age but with a decreased amplitude and delayed elevation. And once this function appears to be neuronal loss in the suprachiasmatic nucleus of the hypothalamus, you know, which stores memory and things like that. So loss of complexity is a concept that is derived from the field of nonlinear dynamics and may be a general principle of all aging systems. And the loss of complexity may result in decreased heart rate variability, blood pressure variability, EEG or electroencephalographic frequency, response to auditory frequency, response to stress. And age-related loss of complexity may be may not be immutable. However, an example like senior athletes show greater heart rate variability than sedentary. So, exercise does modify these things. Homeostenosis. So, homeostenosis is refers to the concept from maturity to senescence. Diminishing physiological reserves are available to meet challenges to homeostasis. And this concept was first recognized by Walter Cannon in 1940s. And this leads to increased vulnerability to disease that occurs with aging. The endpoint of this process is frility. So even, even the smallest challenge overwhelms the reserves, available reserves and results in disaster. And the purpose may be variably defined like death, cardiac arrest, hospital admission, or onset of a symptom such as confusion or incontinence. And aging itself brings the individual closer to the purpose by loss of physiological reserves. And with aging, the area in which older people can bring themselves back to homeostasis by working then reserves narrows or becomes stenotic. So there's a lot of evidence for this model, like the acute physiologic and chronic health evaluation, like Apache score, severity of illness scale used to predict prognosis for people in Patients in intensive care have a correction for age and the acute physiological assessment which is a component, it indicates deviation from the homeostatic values for 12 variables including vital signs, oxygenation, pH, electrolyte, hematocrit, blood count and creatinine. A zero score indicates homeostasis and a greater point indicates a larger deviation from homeostasis. In a comparison of young and old patients who had cardiac arrest, the younger group that is, mean age is 59, had significantly higher acute physiological assessment score in the 24 hours pre-arrest than the older group, mean age 75. So this shows that that there is a deviation from the homeostasis is needed to cross a critical threshold or cardiac arrest is less in the old. So the older population more easily becomes more sick, Right. So maintaining homeostasis is a dynamic and active process and frailty is a state when the physiological reserves are maximally invoked just to maintain homeostasis and the most modest challenge actually impels them to them across some threshold. Okay, so the physiological and functional measures are more likely to be out of normal range with normal aging and the fraction of measures that are out of normal constitute the frailty index. So, this increases with age. Increased severity of illness and frailty have independent effects on patient outcomes. So, how can we improve this? We can improve this by increasing the muscle mass. Okay, so there's a great variability, and muscle mass decreases in relation to body weight by about 30 to 50 percent in adults. And this loss is not linear, but it increases with age sarcopenia or age-related loss of muscle mass and strength is defined as a decrease in the appendicular muscle mass to standard deviation below mean for the young healthy adults. And sarcopenia is an independent risk factor for mortality in the longitudinal studies and is found as many as 50% of those over 80 depending on the population assessed. In addition to muscle mass loss, the muscle quality decreases with infiltration of fat and connective tissue into the old muscle and the presence of Uh, Intramuscular or intermuscular fat is termed as myosteatosis and myosteatosis at the thigh has been associated with decreased strength lower gait speed decreased survival in one study and a mortality relationship was not seen with the calf myosteatosis critically myosteatosis need to be taken in context as trained individuals acquire muscle fat as a ready energy supply and in that setting increased muscle fat is associated with better performance and exercise training in older people so the loss of muscle mass is not uniform. In general, the loss from the legs is greater than from the arms. So the type 1 slow twitch fibers are less affected by age than the fast twitch fibers. In any muscle bundle, the size of the myofibrils decrease followed by the number of myofibrils. So muscle mass, as it decreases, there is more increase in age-related insulin resistance changes in body composition, volumes of distribution, or for water-soluble drugs, okay? So the presence of atrophied or partially or completely denervated muscle fibers can be seen on cross-section Im- examination of a muscle from a older person. And time to peak tension with ankle dorsiflexion is slowed down as is time to muscle relaxation. The strength also dramatically decreases with age by loss in muscle mass from age 30 to 80. A typical person grip strength decreases 60%. However, activity plays an important mitigating role. Overall, lower extremity strength is lost at a faster rate than the upper extremity strength and activity may decrease the rate of decline but will not completely prevent it. So, the net result is that the strength loss is greater than muscle mass loss with the strength loss being a better predictor of disability and mortality and the older muscle is more easily fatigued as well. So the recovery of the older muscle after injury is slowed and frequently incomplete and it leads to like a defect in the satellite cells ability to repopulate muscle. One you lose the muscle mass but secondly you it's if you injure it also it's harder to recover. So, the myostatin, myostatin is a protein which has potent effect to decrease muscle protein synthesis. So, neutralizing antibodies to myostatin have been administered to people over 75 who were weak and had recent falls and although the antibody increased lean muscle mass, there was no effect on functional measures at 24 weeks. So, skeletal muscles also from older adults shows altered energetics. So, there is decrease in the enzyme, glycolytic enzyme and is greater than that of the oxidative enzyme. Physical activity plays a significant role in decrease in these enzyme activities and in older animals an acute bout of exercise is associated with relative hypoperfusion of the most oxidatively active exercising muscle and then there is also age-related hormonal changes in growth hormone androgen and they also contribute to the age-associated alterations in the muscle mass and function. Additionally, there are pro-inflammatory cytokines which increase with age and they stimulate the rate of skeletal muscle protein degradation. The effects of agents that increase muscle growth especially insulin-like growth factor 1 may be mediated by neuromuscular effects suggesting that both hormonal as well as neuronal approaches to preventing sarcopenia may be efficacious. So build muscle, live longer. That was a study that was done in University of California, Los Angeles And they followed about 4,000 healthy adults over age 55 or more for more than a decade and noticed that their muscle mass was tightly linked to their lifespans. And they did this by zeroing in on each person's muscle index, your muscle mass divided by your height squared. And those in the group with the highest muscle index had the lowest mortality while those who had the lowest muscle index, had the highest mortality. And this relationship remained after the scientists accounted for traditional marker of disease. And it showed that muscle index was even a better predictor of premature mortality than obesity. Another study recruited over 2,200 middle-aged men and followed them for 44 years. And they found that being physically active and having good muscle strength and middle age were among the strongest predictor of a longer lifespan. So over the years, a number of other studies have shed light on why resistance training can be so beneficial. One, it improves cardiovascular health. It increases blood flow to the muscles throughout your body, which lowers your blood pressure. Resistance training can also significantly improve your VO2 max and your overall cardiorespiratory fitness. And studies have linked this to better heart health and lower risk of death from cancer. Next is skeletal muscle helps regulate and dispose blood sugar. So it soaks up glucose like a sponge using it for energy and storing it for glycogen later. Resistance training makes you insulin sensitive. To absorb glucose from your bloodstream, your muscles must be responsive to the hormone Insulin, which pushes sugar into the cells. Studies suggest that early development of type 2 diabetes occurs when your muscles become insulin resistant and resistance training accomplishes the opposite. It makes your muscles more sensitive. Muscles also act like a coat armor against diabetes. There was a 2011 study in Journal of Endocrinology and Metabolism that found every 10% increase in your skeletal muscle index, you see an 11% reduction in your risk for insulin resistance and a 10% reduction in your risk for pre-diabetes. So build muscle, lose fat and keep it from coming back. That was one of the worst part about losing muscle as we age is that we also get fatter. The average person gains about pound of fat in a year in the middle age. This means that our body undergoes a striking change in composition with muscle melting away and fat creeping in To take its place and this reshaping of the body reduces your metabolic rate because muscles is more metabolically active than fat causing things to get worse and worse. But a recent landmark study provided some reassuring news. It looked at the effects of diet and exercise on 250 people over age 60 to compare how the programs affected the fat and muscle. The subjects were split into three groups one assigned a program that cut 300 calories From their diet, another cut calories and 45 minutes of aerobic exercise four times a week. And the third cut calories while embarking on a resistance training program. The results were striking. The subjects that combined both diet and exercise lost most amount of weight, roughly 20 pounds on an average. And here's what it got really interesting. The group that did aerobic lost 16 pounds of fat and 4 pounds of muscle, while the group that did resistance training lost more fat. 18 pounds and less muscle, only two pounds. And other studies have confirming that one of the best ways to burn fat and hold on to muscle is that to combine diet with resistance training. So exercise increases longevity. That is the conclusion and I've given you a lot of research articles in this to show you that some form of exercise and adding resistance training is really important so that you don't lose muscle. So muscle is the key so that's all I have for you today if you're looking to improving your health and getting to a root cause approach you can check us out at anchorwellnesscenter.com send your questions to Mini at anchorwellnesscenter.com and share this with your friends and family and give us a review a good one that's all I have for you today take care and I'll talk to you again next time bye